This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser from Bloomberg Radio. You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week. So one of the areas that we've talked a lot uh, that were impacted by, that was, excuse me, impacted by COVID-19 is one that we deemed essential during the health pandemic. We're talking about the global agricultural industry. A major player in that industry is Mahindra, the global conglomerate based in India. Joining us to talk about the ag industry specifically uh, and tractors is Viren Popley, President and CEO at Mahindra Agriculture North America, joining us on the phone from Houston. Viren, so nice to have you here with us. How are you? Very well, thank you, Carol. It's a pleasure being here, and uh, it's great weather down here. So yes, it's always good. Well, t- well, tell me a little bit. I want to get into your business, but tell me a little bit about Houston right now, um, and in terms of dealing with the pandemic, the impact that you're seeing. Um, how's it going? Yeah, we are seeing a pretty large number of cases, and so everyone's, you know, it's pretty much like the rest of the country. Everyone's kind of uh, wearing masks and kind of isolating themselves and living further and further out from everyone each other and so at some level somehow it seems to be working well for the tractor business. Well let's talk about this I mean first of all if you could take me back to the spring what was going on for you and your team at the company and I'm curious then kind of take us forward how things have evolved but what was it like back in the spring? Well, back in the spring, I think in March when this thing started, I think it, like everyone else, we were completely panicked and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we really pulled back, uh, you know, went down the road of shutting down the plants and manufacturing and the supply chain kind of froze. Uh, we had our own versions of layoffs and furloughs. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you know, we tried to focus on then. As we, but what we found was the retail industry suddenly took off somewhere towards the end of April. And I guess as people were spending more and more time in their farms and back in their homes, they were wanting to do more home improvement, moving out. So we saw the tractor industry started to pick up pretty quickly. And uh, so we had to figure a way to come back. And, you know, we started the same thing, which is temperature checks, you know, split shift, slowly bringing people back, putting in all the plastic barriers and separate and redesigning the production line and production flow through so ever since that happened, it's just been momentum's been gaining, and so far uh, the industry's uh, you know just uh, the year to date, I think industry's up twenty three percent. That's pretty remarkable. Well, talk to me a little bit, um, Viren, if you about the demographics of who was buying. Because my understanding, my producer uh, Paul Brennan was filling me in a little bit earlier that I think seven percent of your uh, of sales were customers that actually never had owned a tractor before. Actually, that's seventy percent of the people Se- who buy tractors. Seventy. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, we we left out a zero. That's tremendous. I mean, first of all, what kind of tractor are they buying? So basically, we generally operate in the you know the small track, the mid and compact tractors that are between uh, twenty to one hundred and ten horsepower, and uh, those are largely driven by you know rural lifestyle, uh, small farms, and the second tractor or third tractor in a big farm. So they're not the really big row cropping tractors. They're smaller in size and they operate more in the large homeowners and rural lifestylers. A bit of a surprise for you to see that market come alive? Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I think uh, pretty much the whole industry has been caught by surprise. Uh, we've seen, uh, you know, the industry inventory at the dealerships are down significantly, obviously, because of the huge demand and you know, the supply chain being challenged and, uh, you know, our ability to ramp up globally and uh, get parts in has been a bit of a challenge. But now we are, we are back on track and, you know, being able to supply back in. Well, but it was a big surprise. It, no, no, no. Forgive me. I cut you off. Uh, 40 seconds and then we'll take a break and then we'll, we'll talk some more. But the supply chain, was it problematic a little bit in the beginning? 
Oh, yes, it was. Mm. Uh, I think, uh, you know, with shipping shut down, ports shut down, uh, factories all over the world also going through their own, you know, the pandemic is global. So it's not just one country that's impacted, right? So everything was shut down. So we had a tough time getting parts made, getting them moved, bringing them in. Then, you know, the whole challenges of the local market of getting the workers in, getting them, you know, protecting them, keeping them safe. Yeah. And then even our dealers, you know, many of our dealers had to transition to this new environment. So helping them on the journey of digital marketing, helping them on the journey of safe delivery, cleaning equipment. So there was a, it was a pretty interesting and a uh, lot of work to be done in the last six, eight months that we've had to go through. Viren, one thing I want to ask you, so Charlie Pelletar, our news uh, broadcaster, uh, bringing that headline, U.S. COVID-19 deaths top 250,000, that is according to Johns Hopkins. These are really troubling numbers. When you see these numbers, you know, and we're starting to see cities and certainly states uh, continuing to do rollbacks and shutting down parts of their economy, what do you think about and how might that impact your business? I mean, you guys have seen kind of a benefit as more people have been home. Do you anticipate then in an odd way, like we've seen with a lot of businesses, whether it was Netflix or some others or Zoom um, or Peloton, that you will continue to benefit as a result? Well, uh, you know, it is it is a really sad situation and, and you know, every yeah. life loss is tough uh, to deal with. Uh, see, the point is that the Fed has announced, I think, very a benign interest rate regime over the next 12 to 18 months. So, you know, money availability is there, and I'm hoping that, you know, there will be one more stimulus announced uh, fairly soon. Mm-hmm. And when these two come in, and if this trend continues, I guess, you know, people are going to be stuck at home, and, you know, they need things to do. And, yeah, I do think that the tractor industry will continue to do well, and, you know, people will want to improve their homes or... You know, we're also seeing a trend of people, you know, with this work from home, the concept of distance has has vanished, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, more people can work from home. And so they're moving out of the cities into, you know, buying larger plots or moving further out into bigger, into semi-rural and semi-urban areas. So we think that the tractor industry should continue to see some uh, momentum continue and over the next 12 months at least. Well, that's what I was curious about, the visibility that you have at this point, Viren. Um, You know, you do have to, you're running a company, you've got to make decisions, you've got to decide where you allocate capital. Are you comfortable to spend money at this time or do you feel like you've got to be a little bit more conservative? Well, we have to be more conservative. We're being very careful about, you know, how much and where to place and what to do. But uh, at the same time, we've got, uh, you know, I think at least for the next, uh, you know, the season does slow down through the winter months, so we have some time to make big decisions. But uh, come March, uh, I guess, uh, come Feb, I think we'll have to have placed our bets and start moving forward. Well, and it's interesting, too, I think about leadership at this time. Talk to me about, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with CEO about having to think about your employees, keeping them safe, having to think about your consumers. How do you continue to engage with them where they are also being stressed or having to engage uh, in a different way? You talked about your dealers, right? Having to engage on a digital, in a digital way. Yeah, that's, it is. It's been. It's been interesting. Uh, it's been a pretty challenging time, and I think every every day is a new day. You know, there's there's days when uh, you could, you know, when you look for consistency and continuity, they look like we sound almost like good old days now. Mm. <laughs> so you're basically moving from challenge to challenge fairly quickly. Uh, I think the primary effort always is to keep people safe. Right. I think that's the first effort. Uh, the second effort is to make sure that, you know, you're able to keep the wheels turning and uh, business profitable and moving forward. Uh, 
so it's uh, I don't think it's any more about fighting a big fire. It's fighting a series of small fires every day and putting them out like Smokey the Bear, right? <laughs> Almost. But uh, the challenge is, uh, so, you know, yeah. we've been trying things. We've been working with dealers, like I said, with customers, you know, we've given in payment holidays. We've tried to extend, uh, you know, more beneficial financial terms to them to help them. Some of them have come back, a lot of them have come back to our finance company to, you know, re uh, redo their loans or, you know, extend mm. them. And so we've been working with some of that as well. Because at the end, see, I think the, the important thing to keep in mind is that we're not here for the short term, right? You're here for the next 20 years. So uh, in a sense, this too shall pass. And, you know, we'll have to work our way through this and look beyond uh, this crisis into better times. Based on what you said, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and we've talked about this. I had a um, commercial real estate uh, guest on yesterday and talked about how he is. He's a lawyer, but works within the commercial real estate space and renegotiating and working out deals between landlords and tenants because landlords ultimately, especially in kind of New York City, you don't necessarily want to lose your you know, client, your restaurant or retail client, um, you'd rather figure out a way to keep it going. It's beneficial to the landlord as well as beneficial, obviously, to the tenant. How many of your customers have been coming to you to say, listen, you know, we can do this, but we just need easier terms? Has it been a large percentage? Well, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a reasonable percentage. I would say about 10, 15% of our okay. customers did come back and we've done something and our finance companies working with them on a case-to-case basis. Uh, basis there, you know, past perform, past ability to pay, future ability to play, and you know, uh, you know, what's the kind of bridging that they're looking for? Right. Uh, but I guess it's time we have to be flexible and you know try and see what we can do best uh, together. Because yes, you're right. At the end of the day, we have to you know have to work together. There's no magic pill that's coming out. Hopefully, the vaccine. But till yeah. then, it just does. <laughs> I know, right? We just got to figure out a way through. Just got a couple of minutes left here. Are you able at this point to kind of look beyond um, a world where we are weighed down by COVID-19? And and if so, I am curious for our audience. I think we think tractors, we think of big farms and farming. And you've really kind of, I think, opened our eyes to that there are people who are, you know, doing something at home and need some kind of tractor. Um, what are the kind of the interesting, larger, broader trends that are happening in your industry that you'll be able to really kind of focus on more once we get on the other side of COVID-19? So, uh, kind of generally speaking, also in the U.S., you know, people who spent their life uh, making their careers in cities after a point in time want to go out of the city because, you know, the city life is kind of makes you anonymous. It, it's, you know, you're, you're self-checking out at machines in supermarkets and you know, you're in a neighborhood where nobody knows you and then you want to go to a place where the barber knows how to cut mm-hmm. your hair or the coffee shop knows how to make your coffee and you know everyone on the street. So a lot of people, generally speaking, as they come close to retirement, tend to move out of the city into, you know, uh, semi-urban and rural America and buy large properties. And uh, so you do need tractors at that point. We're also seeing, you know, a lot of people already had second homes in the country and now they're spending more time in those second homes than they were spending in the past because of the pandemic. And uh, the next thing we're seeing is interesting is a younger audience, thanks to technology and, you know, those who are working in the digital space, you know, being able to work from home. And so they're also moving out and, you know, taking their kids out as well into these smaller communities. So I see a broad trend that's starting to happen, and I think this trend is only going to accelerate. I think, right. you know, 
the amount of change we've made in the last six months on work from home and Zoom or you know Duo or Teams or whatever, I think it's right. changed the way we live, right? Yeah, it's and a- those are all. Yeah, it's, it's all going to add up. Yeah, it certainly feels that way. Um, Viren, thank you so much. Really enjoyed this. Viren Popley, President and CEO at Mahindra Agriculture North America, joining us on the phone from Houston. 